This is Hard Parking, sponsored by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. You guys know that opening, that is my old NSX. That is a cold start in the garage. The acceleration is also the car. Took it out with an old recorder a few years ago when I wanted to create a, my own unique opening for the podcast. That's an acceleration video. And it sounds great, but I cannot reproduce that. That is, a, that is an impossible intro to reproduce with the new car. And it's because the new car shifts so fast. It's room startup. Doesn't sound the same because old car had no cats, turboed, everything you could do to it. My car right now is stock, still faster. But that acceleration, that throwback acceleration sound when you're banging gears, you can't do it with a modern car with a nine-speed transmission that just shifts. Doosh, 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 doosh. It's impossible. Anyway, I wanted you guys to know that. I'm your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, Justin James came over, sat in studio right in front of me, and we had a talk, talk about his life, why he moves every two years. I would say he has commitment issues, but he's happily married, and they've been married for a while. But he moves every two years, find out why. Also, big into the car game, we also get into his food, his meat, his big meat, his big hot meat, to be specific. Get your mind out of the gutters. Coming up after this word from 4Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about 4Wheel Online. For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4WheelOnline or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4WheelOnline, the number 4WheelOnline. He is Justin James. We lived in Michigan, not together, but at the same time. I moved here. You moved down later. And we've lived here in Arizona for a while. Hardly ever see each other. I'm going to take that. I've, I've, every time I see him, I apologize for that. He reminds me it's a two-way street. But sitting in the studio, getting ready to uh, move back to Michigan. So first yeah. off, welcome to Hard Parking. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to finally be here. So you're leaving. Why are you leaving? And then we'll get into some of the things like the cars and the big hot meat. How long have you been here? It's usually a two-year stay. Right, because you've gone back and forth, back have and you forth. not? Yeah, yeah because that, that, that makes sense because the last time I was like, I, you're still here? I thought you left. Yeah, it's been a two-year stay almost every time. Okay. Oh four, oh six, two and a half years, then 17 to 19, end of 19, and then 21 to now. Um Really, I mean, it, the thing that really gravitates me back to Detroit area is the most important thing, family. And so I gravitate there, get family, and then I'm like, oh, I miss being in warm weather all the time and nature and, and the different car culture here. Um, it's a much different car culture here. And so I like being a part of that. And then, you know, like we said with barbecue, it's, I have more opportunities to do barbecue here in other states that are right around here and build my own thing here. Mm -hmm. And then I also have an opportunity now with the knowledge that I have that I've learned this last couple of years to be better in Michigan. 
So it's almost like Arizona is my benchmark for everything I do. Cars, manufacturing, a barbecue, um, health. That's like the benchmark. You come here and you learn the stuff here and you can take it and go everywhere with it. So every two or so years, though, that's... Mm-hmm. It's, I can't do it anymore, though. We're good. That's crazy. We're good. And you think you think this could be it, then? Um, I think this is definitely it. Like, I feel it, it has to... Well, one, it has to be it, because I can't keep doing moving back and forth. You know, as you get older, it's a thing. Like, you just can't do it. So the only benefit I can think of of moving as much as you move is you probably get an opportunity to get rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that's probably the biggest benefit because we're like, when we first did it, we were like, all right, when we, we were, our idea in 2017 was, hey, we're going to quit Chrysler and we're just going to go travel, mm-hmm. we're travel the country until we come down to this number, right? And we had a budget in mind and we had everything saved. And we were like, when we get to about 8,000 in savings, okay, now we have, that's our, that's zero for mm-hmm. us. Now we have to land somewhere. And then <laughs> I got freaked out. I bought a truck and then I got freaked out. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not, oh man, I don't know. What happens if we get stuck in Montana and or Idaho and there's no service? And then I don't know anyone. And then I got freaked out. So we landed here in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then I built the pool company up. Uh, became really good, I guess, really good at that because the customers voted me top three within six months. And that was in the Northeast Valley. And then um, a guy came to me and said, hey, I want to buy your company and bought it and we traveled. That was amazing, right? Because uh, we we wanted to get rid of a bunch of stuff, but then when you go traveling, now mm-hmm. you really have to right. get rid of stuff because, well, you have to put everything in a storage facility and you want the smallest storage facility you can get. A little 10 by 10, yeah. right? Yeah. We ended up fitting it in like a. It's not even that. I fitted. I fit everything we owned. Like eight by, right? Yeah, it was even smaller. It was like uh, I want to say seven by seven. Okay, yeah. Small, and then we went down to a little bit more because we started selling stuff, and then it was down to like I think like a yeah five by seven. Good lord, it was small. So have you always gone to Michigan when you leave, or do you have you moved to other places? Like where have you been? So. First location that you guys I, are like gypsies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely gypsies. <laughs> Gippos. Um. So we, I, I started living in, let's see, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Lived there for about six months. Um, at the time, I owned a online performance company, and we started getting stuff in. We had buying a garage, renting another garage, renting another garage. And finally, a semi-truck came to the house or the apartment. And my wife, was my girlfriend at the time, was like, that's not for you, is it? That better not be for you. It was a truck full of wheels from uh, California, right? And I'm like, yep, it's for me. She's like, we got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to live? I'm like, oh, it's easy, Arizona. And she's like, have you ever lived there? Have you ever visited there? Nope. How do you know you want to be there? I'm like, I remember reading books right. in fifth, sixth grade. And I was like, huh, I don't have to shovel snow. Hmm. They don't have rain. They have lots of sun. They have no natural disasters. Perfect. So I've always wanted to do that. So um, we lived here. And then after there, we came back to Detroit. 
And then when we traveled, we ended up living in South Carolina and Northeast Georgia. Okay. Northeast Georgia was, I would put it up against Arizona. You like it that much, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. The people are amazing down there. They're so friendly down there. It's tons of green. They got lots of lakes. Um, it's like just like a warmer Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's what I can. It was it was really really nice. Yeah, I know that part of the country is is really nice. The Carolinas, and then of course the Georgia. Yeah, the Carolinas were nice. South Carolina was it had some. There was nice, but it felt like we were living there. We lived there for, in back and forth with the 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 uh, camper, the trailer, right. For every time we, it felt like we, that was our home base. We, we stood it there and then, um, and every time we'd come back, it would rain. It would rain for days and mm. days and days. And then I would leave to like, we'd go somewhere and it would be sunny there. And then we'd come back and as we're coming back, it started raining. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want, I don't want rain. Right. So with all the travel, where's your favorite place? That's probably a question that people are wondering listening to this. And I mean, how's your wife been about all this? That's Better be driving her crazy. Two interesting questions. One, I would say probably the southwest, actually, southwest corner of Colorado. Mm. Or the northeast or northwest corner of, or part of Georgia. Georgia. Those two areas are some of the most amazing things. I mean, Colorado, if it wasn't so expensive, it's even more expensive here, I think. Um, like the Durango area is, I love that. Mm-hmm. You have, you don't even have, it's not just, you don't have just mountains. You have high elevation mountains. I mean, most of the mountains that are there are 10 to 13, five, 14,000 feet elevation. And you're still climbing six, 7,000 elevation. And so for me, I like, I like being out in nature and hiking. There's that. And then you have a ton of the, all the nature, uh, people were pretty cool in Colorado. Um, for the most part, I had I really liked the people, but the people in Georgia were some of the most friendliest people I've ever met in my life. That term Southern hospitality. That's the thing. You really understand it when you start meeting them. And so now you're going to go back to Michigan? hmm So we were talking earlier before we hit recording about why you're leaving. The, the prices are insane, and you threw at me some numbers that are just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I could live here for that. What are you guys having to pay? Because there's people that are listening that may be thinking about moving out here, and this is this – is, I think it's also a byproduct of where you're living as well, that general area. Sort of. Sort of, I would say, yeah. I could say, yeah, a little bit. But what you're being asked to pay, like, mm-hmm. give us those numbers. So we were in, so when we first moved here in 2021, we were at 19th and Northern, mm-hmm. which, just Google that area, and it was 2600 a month. I liked the houses there. I liked the neighborhood. I didn't like being on 19th. That was crime-ridden like crazy. Right. Right. Um. Then, and Which is crazy. Like, what kind of crime is going on up there? Oh, um, I mean, I would say once a week. I mean, it's not like you're living in Levine, and I don't know if Levine's as bad now as it was when we first moved out here. But I'd say probably once a week or once every other week, within a block or a block and a half of me, there was a dead body. Stressful in the family. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then I've chased numerous amount of people out, out from my alley, right? Jumping up the jumping the fences from my neighbors' houses or meth heads in the you know, sleeping at in the night at night in the alley. Like just if you think about it, like and if that's you can dream it, six hundred dollars a month, not six hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, I we love being in the area because we could literally be downtown in like 15, 20 minutes. Central Phoenix, right. 10 minutes. All the restaurants, all and all the vibe down in Central. I love downtown Phoenix now. Yeah, it's nice so, now. It wasn't yeah, always. It wasn't always yeah. like that. And like I know when I first moved here, even when you first moved here, there was like no downtown. It was. It was, it was like three restaurants. Yeah, it was weird yeah. to go downtown. Be like, this is a downtown. Yeah. This is a metropolitan downtown area. Right. And now it's, it's booming it's with a lot of energy. Yep. And so then we moved, um, I would say, about 25 minutes north. And that's North Phoenix area. Um, it's just south of Cave Creek. It's over by Desert Ridge, about 10 minutes away. Um, you're, you're in Pinnacle Valley Schools, and I paid 28, and they wanted to move it up to 3, to 34, they were thinking. And so that's a lot of money. I mean, for an average middle-class person, that's going to be that's gonna be rough. And that's a lot of money for upper middle class. Like that's that's a lot of money. Period. Yeah. It's it's rough. I mean, and that's not a purchase, you guys. That's that's rent. Yeah, this is rent. Yeah, and it's now it's just pretty much the standard. And I feel like with the water situation that's going up there, you have the chip manufacturer that's going there, and from the the stats that I heard, it's going to take as much water as 80,000 households per day. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We just got told Rio Verde can't use from Scottsdale. Correct. Right. Um, Scott's- Did they get cut off? Because I know yeah. I, I was having a conversation at Cars and Coffee or Highline when I saw you. Mm-hmm. We, we'd stopped in for like a quick drink somewhere, a breakfast drink. And um, there were some realtors sitting around the table and they were talking about because of the water situation. There was areas around like Queen Creek is can't build any more their capacity, and they can't use any water. And I, they mentioned wow. where you were just like that whole yeah area was just cut off, which is going to throw a big curveball, I think, to Rio Verde because mm-hmm. all those people that live there are horse farms or horse ranches. So like they're gonna they leave. I mean. That's going to be pretty crazy to see. And then, so you have like North Scottsdale, Troon area. They get their they get their water, but then Cave Creek and like Desert Hills, they're on uh, another drop down from the city of Phoenix. From and the city of Phoenix is starting to hold back their water a little bit more now. And I don't know when we're going to start seeing. You know, mm-hmm. well, you can only wash your cars on Mondays and Thursdays. The California or, rules. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, oh man, this is this really is turning into California. <laughs> In more ways than one. And so I, I just, I would either, you know, make more money, which, you know, with the with barbecue and working full time, that's what I was, I mean, it's pretty busy. And then um, barbecue was doing good as far as, you know, like profit wise and, and getting customers and everything. And the family, it kind of weighs, like I, I, I came out here to build a different, a different life. So one that was it was good that I can enjoy, and then hey, you know, a couple times a year we can go traveling as a family and go see mm-hmm. family in Michigan. It didn't end up being that way because it just becomes 
So you have so a lot of family up there. I have everything there. Everything's there. Yeah, everything. There's no one here. I mean, I mean, I have a a select a number of people that I can, you know, when I see them, like, hey, how's it going? Right. You know, like when you're one of them, like, yeah. I get a, we're excited to see each other. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if we bump in each other at a car show or at SEMA or whatever. It's always the same. It's the same reaction. People are very, and I think I've said this before, but it's been a while, and you know this firsthand, because when I lived in Michigan, we we were with the block. Like everybody mm-hmm. knew everybody, and yeah. every year we had our annual block parties. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that really put it together, but we had eight or nine other families, all of relative age within 15, 20 years. Some had kids, some didn't. And that's what we did, and that was like our premier thing. Here, no one really talks to their neighbors. Yeah, it is. It's a, right? It's yeah. a really, it's a really interesting thing to be out here with that. So, like, I guess I got really lucky because when we lived in 19th and Northern, the one guy across the street, he first day, oh hey, how's it going? Blah blah. blah. And then we were all of a sudden like in this group, uh, a neighborhood group, and they got together once a quarter. That's cool. And I was like, That's oh, rare. well, this is really rare. This is really cool because when we lived in Cave Creek before. No one even looked at you. No one, like, it was just, you know, you'd wave to people, like, as they were pulling in their driveway, you'd be like, wave, and they would just, like, look straight into their driveway, get in their get in their house, get in their house, and, and do their thing. We have waivers here, but, um, you know, it's yeah. just not, not, many, not many partiers. And then even with this one, it took me almost a year until I started meeting the neighbors, and then all of a sudden it was like, it's because I had the smoker out more, and they were like, "Well, wait a minute, right? Wait a minute, where's, where's that, that joyous coming smell from? coming from? Where's that? Where's that coming from?" So then it was like, "Oh, now they're interested." Right? But before it wasn't no big thing. But yeah, even when we lived here in Chandler, didn't know anybody except for one neighbor. That's it. So a couple things. Number one, going back to Michigan, at least you'll be closer to that delicious water in Flint. Mm-hmm. You know, Flint had that big water yeah. crisis. You know, a few years ago. Um, and number two, you know, big hot meat. Talk about it a little bit. How did you get started? And because and, I mean, there's there's some good places around mm-hmm. here, but everybody knows the handful. And then I think being portable, like you are, and I'll let you tell that story. But what got you started in that? So what got me started in barbecue was when we lived here the first time, oh four oh six. In oh five, I was working at a machine shop, and guy brought in this salmon, and I was like, man, this is the best salmon I've ever had. What did, how did you make this? It's like I smoked it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, smoked salmon. I've never even heard of this. He's like, oh, what'd you do? And he explained the, situ- the process of it. I was like, oh, I could do this. And so I went home. I told my wife, I was like, yo. And we bought a smoker, um, just uh, a vertical basic. Um, I think it was a Weber. It was a Weber vertical. And then uh, I, made, I made it in the garage. That was not the greatest idea. Was it one of those those uh, kind of starter ones that they're not? They almost look like a hobo trash can, but they're not that big. Yeah, I had one of those, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the Weber brand. I had one of the other brands. Yeah, it was a um, it was a Weber brand. I can't remember the name of it either. I want it. It looked like a little bullet. Yeah, yeah. And so we did that. It's funny because when we, I did it the first time, I put I, I left it in the garage. I was like, oh, that way I can you know, easy. Yeah, the whole house full of smoke. Because it just kept That's pouring funny. it in. And then I ended up doing the backyard and it just kept going a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, well, I like doing this. And so uh, for the next 10 years, I played with 
every kind of wood or mm-hmm. every kind of meat, every kind of um, recipe, put my own little spin on it. Well, I don't really like this. Let's put this in it. Let's put a little more chipotle. We're, you know, we're here. Oh, I like, I like a little more pepper, coarse pepper. I'll put that here. And then in 2013, I did a, a meal prep company. Uh, I started doing meal prep just because it was, I, I wanted to get my meals. So you have a very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. you always, you know, I know that about you. I don't know everything you've done. I've learned more just sitting in front of you here for the last 10 minutes, but you have a very entrepreneurial drive. Yeah. And, uh, um, it blew up really quickly. Matter of fact, almost too quick. Yeah. Like I had a couple of dealerships by me. I had, uh, two or three gyms that were in on it. And then I was like, oh man, like to the point where I could take this somewhere, I could quit my nine five and do something with this. But I got freaked out. Right. I was like, Oh man, I don't know. Cause I didn't know how to do some certain things like macros. People wanted me to count macros. I'm like, I'm gonna do that stuff. Right. I just cook. And then I had to do so many different recipes that it was because I was coming very uninterested in cooking. Mm. I was like, I just like to do it's bar- a job now. I just like, yeah, I just mm. like, I like to do barbecue, like putting meat on the grill, smoking meat and that's it. And then, my wife always did the sides. And so slowly but short, like slowly, we've done really well working together. Um, but then like slowly, I'm like, I got to take more of the reins of the sides because you're not always going to be here. Mm-hmm. Like I have to, I have to take over that because this is my baby. This isn't yours. The, you don't have the same amount of care as I do or love as it, I do into this. And so... The name um, actually came from her. We were joking around because we thought of um, there's a, the restaurant Magoyan Magoyan Girl or Barbecue in Dearborn, right? Mm-hmm. And they have them in Michigan too. And they have you know like the semi like we do it on the grill. And I'm like, oh man, that'd be cool if we could think of a name like that. And so she's like, I got it. And I what? And she's like, we should name we should name your barbecue place Big Hot Meat. Think about that. And it was like, oh, man, that's great. And so we asked a bunch of servers, like, when you go to restaurants, like, hey, would you work at a restaurant named Big Hot Meat? And everyone, everyone had this smirk on their face. I'm like, yeah, I would do that. Even if you made less, yeah, just because of the name. And so I was like, okay, sweet. And then uh, I just kept running with it. And then, um, yeah, we've had the opportunity to, like you said, mobile. Um, I did a uh, barbecue contest. We were traveling, came to Michigan. Michelle's like, hey, I set you up with a uh, barbecue competition. Cool. Um, I don't have a smoker, babe. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. Thanks for the love. Uh, small <laughs> detail. Like, um, oh, and by the way, it's um, St. Louis Cut Ribs. That's the competition. Great. That's the one thing that I'm not consistent at yet. And so I'm like, forget it. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. And so I bought a 55 gallon drum. It was food grade. So I knew the inside was good for mm-hmm. the coating. I did a burnout of it, cleaned everything out, uh, made a firebox, cooked on it a couple of times. And I was like, all right, I can do this. This is pretty accurate. I can keep it for, I can hold it for about four or five hours without adding any wood or any charcoal on it. Okay, we're good. Let's go for it. I get to the contest. There's guys with like big smokers and right. like professional grade stuff and electric this. 
And then uh, they're like, where's your smoker? Uh, point to the back of the truck. It's a 55-gallon drum. It looks ghetto. And the guy's like, uh, you're going to go in the corner over there. It's okay. And so then I, I keep my eye on the guy next to me, and he's got this smoker. And every time he opens it and closes it, I see the the temperature drop down, but come right back up. I'm like, oh. So I ask questions on him. He tells me, you know, how much it was, where he got it from. And I'm like, okay. Then he starts giving out these ribs. And I'm like, oh, man, wait a minute. That's a thing. I got to do that. So then I started giving out my ribs. I made, you You have to turn in, I had to turn in four bones. But I made, I think it was like eight, eight racks, I think I made. And I started giving out ribs. But then all of a sudden, the crowd kind of just surrounded that corner, my corner. And I'm looking around and I'm like, there's nobody anywhere else. Like, are they there for them or me? It's got to awesome. be me. Yeah. yeah so that's like, pretty, I'm like, that's this pretty cool. Is awesome. And so then uh, they, they, uh, they're like, all right, end of the thing. We got to call the winner. And then they called my name. I was like, imagine that. That's pretty cool. I almost didn't do it because I'm like, babe, I don't have a smoker. I can't do it. It's ribs. I almost put limits on myself. Like, it's a good lesson right yeah. there. I put limits and I was like, I could have not, like where I am right now with barbecue would have never, never happened. So I won that contest. And because I won that contest, I reached out to the company that um, the guy had that smoker of. And then I said, you know, how much is it? How long do I have to wait? He's like, tells me. And I said, okay, cool. And then I paid him and I waited, what was it, eight weeks or 10 weeks. I had to wait for it to be made. And drove all the way from, we had drove to Arizona. I drove from Arizona to Alabama where the smoker was made. And then drove all the way back. And all the way back, everyone was like, oh, man, that's a really nice smoker. Where did you get it? Hmm. So I was their salesman all the way home. <laughs> and sold a couple of smokers. And then didn't do real much of anything with that mobile smoker until recently. And then, I mean, I would cook on it, and but I never really did any events because I was like, well, I don't know. I don't have a license. I can't, you know, do the stuff. And then I got here and started doing some of the stuff. And then I called one day because I wanted to do the like a farmer's market. And they're like, all right, well, you have to have insurance. You have to have all your, you know, health food stuff. I said, okay. And so then I, got, I called the guy, actually local to East Valley. And he told me how much it was for the insurance. And I'm like, you idiot. It was $300. I was like, $300. I wasted two years pretty much not really getting into this for $300. Right. You, you, come on, are you serious? You idiot. And so then I just started going and we've done really big events, you know, on the side of, we did an event, um, whether it was 420 event. Um, we've, we've, I've learned how to make 420 barbecue sauces. I've learned how to, um, do you know events over in like Paradise Valley on the side of like Camelbacks? So that that's fun. Um, we've done you know large competitions in like Safford and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's always been pretty much the the same uh, enthusiasm from people that that eat the barbecue. Like, oh, this is different, right? This is Central Texas, but with a, like a twist because of I put more soul in it because I'm we're, like we're from Detroit Detroit area, so that Central Texas is where I like the, the barbecue, a lot of dry rubs, but there's a little bit of sweet heat into it. Kind of a, like a Memphis style. 
the question from me and probably other people is, have you thought about, and you probably have, but a food truck, a dedicated food truck. Like, talk about your, your current setup, and then what about the food truck, basically your mobile brick and, brick and mortar? So I have thought of the food truck. Was going to buy one in 2020. And then COVID Did something happened. happened in 2020? <laughs> and then COVID <laughs> happened. And I, was, I was planning to buy one uh, on, I was like, I have everything ready. I have, the, I have the truck. I have the skills. Yeah. I just don't have that food. I don't have that food truck. Let's go. Because I can be mobile. That's a great thing is I can go, I, if I needed to do a Denver event or a Dallas event or a Detroit event, Chicago or wherever, I could just load the truck up, let's roll. And so then there was that that thought of doing that. Um, still pretty heavily. Are they expensive? Of, mm, they're they can get pretty up there. They, I mean, you're looking at like fifty to hundred k. Wow, that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, the market is a little bit different now. Um, the used market is you're getting almost. Almost new ones because everyone, a lot of people did jumped on that bandwagon in 2020, but then didn't survive right. through everything. So now um, I have a line on a, a trailer right now for less than 50. And so I pr- probably like to, I would like to buy that. But with the opportunity that's in Michigan, um, we're looking at uh, a lunch, but a lunch spot that I can use for my catering. But also do like lunch services on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. It'll end up turning into a Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday lunch thing. Um, so I'm just waiting to hear back from a couple things on that. I have to. I want to be there so I can look at the location. Um, I know the locations right, like right at Seven and Livernois. It's an. Uh, I know it's an upcoming area. Um, it's a lot safer than it was before. And so when I did some research on it, I saw there was a yoga studio. Because I initially was like, man, this is like border Detroit. It's probably not great. But then I, when I did research, I was like, there's a yoga studio down the street. Why is there a yoga studio in, in Detroit? That does not happen. Come on now. <laughs> no one's opening a, a yoga studio in Detroit. And then, um, I, you know, I just did research and called some people that frequent that area. And they're like, yo, man, you're, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Open. Don't, don't put too much thought into it. Just open. So. People will come regardless of where it's at. Yeah, when, it's, kinda, when it's good, yeah. you know, the word gets out there, and you have the lines. And so that's why I'm like, all right, no limits, just just go. You know, um, like almost tunnel vision, but don't look, don't look at all the distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I'll end up getting a nine to five. Don't know how long that nine to five will last because I want that barbecue to continue going and I want it to be full. Right. You know, I want it to be a full-time thing. Well, so it's, we'll see. it's good to, and I guess this makes sense. And I didn't think about this coming into it, but it's good to know that you're taking that with you. I mean, if there was anything you could take with you, that seems like that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I sold the barbecue trailer just recently, um, to get into a bigger space. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the, with the Grand Prix getting a hold of me again this year and was like, hey, this is our inaugural year. You know, we'd like you to be involved again. Uh, I told him no, but now it's like, well, now I have other avenues that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Yes, the car stuff would be great to be involved with, but 
I'd also like to do the the barbecue stuff too. So, and there was a a local team that just won third place on Saturday. So, um, yeah, we me and them are in talks about me feeding that you know being the the food for them this this ne- upcoming year, the next year. And so I'd like to be offered. I'd like to be able to get into that venue, right? Because that'd be pretty. Both passions, right? You're mm-hmm. in, you're doing barbecue and you're doing cars, right? Like that's a double win for me. Yeah, so. it's two thumbs up for sure. Two thumbs up. When you uh, so this is June. When do you guys think you're going to officially be out of here? End of June. End of June. Very very early in, in July. I will probably be driving across the country and watching. All the fireworks across the country. <laughs> More than likely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You have to be going through a city maybe or just on the outskirts yeah. of a city, right? You're mm-hmm. going to hurry up and are you guys going to rush through or just kind of take your time? Depends on when you have to be at work, when you have a job or whatever, yeah. right? It would be, it would definitely that because a concern. So, you know, I'm still doing processes right now. Like now I'm down at the in, in-person part where I have to actually be there to to do the interviews and so that'll come up next week and then i'll find out when they want to start with everything and so i might have to you know fly back and you know rush rush home like one car and then they'll have to they'll have to drive separate so we'll but we'll see the employment game we were talking about this a little bit earlier too the employment game is always one of those super tricky things you guys should probably used to it because you move all the freaking time, but yeah. it's one of those those tricky games that you have to play, and everything comes down to timing. Mm-hmm. So I know before we moved here, my wife was getting really frustrated because she kept applying for jobs, but we didn't live here yet. So then people really wouldn't give her a shot at all. Um, and then you know, once we moved here, she had her job within three weeks, but she'd been trying for six weeks, so she was really mm-hmm. stressing out. And so what she had to do was. In order for us to even get the house, which is a whole other thing, mm-hmm. right? You had to prove that you were either here or you were allowed to work remote. So yeah. her job told her that, you know, they wrote, formed a letter that, hey, we can, you guys can work remote, knowing that it was a very temporary thing because her job didn't offer remote at the time. And even mine, I had to do the same thing before we moved here is, yeah, here's a letter from my company that says I'm going to be working remote, but they knew that I was actually going become a full-time employee here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they did me that favor, but it's really difficult. And so we both had to kind of like skirt in that untrue gray, that gray area, area just to get a job, just mm-hmm. to get a place to stay. And I can't even imagine what you guys are going through right now. Yeah, especially like when, if you looked at my resume, it's kind of silly the last six years. It's two years on, two years off, two years on, two years yeah. off pretty much. And so most employers are like, what is this? What is this? Are you gonna last? You gonna last here two years, or yeah. you just looking to get a job to get here and then land somewhere else? And so, yeah, it just it really comes down to um, for me, it's just selling them on why I'm gonna be here long longer term. Whereas this time is definitely like drew the line in the sand. It was like I can't go any, can't go anywhere else anymore. Like it's it's Detroit, it's Michigan. That's it. You can always blame it on your wife. Yeah, my wife has a job that moves us around every two years, <laughs> you know. Oh, I couldn't you not do that. She's been very, very, very patient and yeah, very, very, very totally. supportive of the whole transitions. But even like when before we moved here this last time, she's like, I have one more move in me and that's it. 
Right. There's no more moves. And I was like, surprise, we're moving back to Detroit. And she's like, well, I'll make this exception because I hate everything here. Like, literally, she does not like anything here except for she loves her job. She loves all the the, the, the patients that she sees. She loves everything about that. That's a big part of it. Yeah, it, is, it is. I think it's a giant it's yeah. thing for her. And then she likes our church. And she likes the family that like with our church. But, like, everything else... She's like, I could do without it. It's not a big deal. I'm tired of seeing brown. Like, I need my lakes. I need my grass. Like, I need my greenery. And Your real lakes. Yes. 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 We have some around here, but they're all man-made. And they're still fun, but to her yeah. point, it's not the same. There's no yeah. beaches here. Right. You have to wear water shoes to every lake you go to. <laughs> yes. And then even then, and like, I'm not, he's he's laughing because he knows, I'm not hyping this up, people. Like, you legit have to wear, you cannot go to the lake without water shoes. You will wreck your stuff because there are rocks everywhere and there are boulders mm-hmm. in the water. So you can even trip over a boulder. It's 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 weird. Like, there's no beaches here, at least in the Phoenix area. I don't know yeah. about Havasu and all that kind of stuff. I've never been way over there. Yeah, I've never really ventured over like Havasu or Powell or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there's some really good kayaking. I mean, oh for sure, the Colorado River when you kayak that that's amazing. And it's kind of like for me going through the the the, the Colorado River. It's like how many other people and for how many, like how many years, like how like, right. think about this, was this here a thousand years ago? And like the tribes that were, that were navigating through here and you can see the watermarks throughout the, on the side of the, and then you're looking like how much longer until it goes too low. And then that side ends up just caving in. Cause I know that it happened recently. In, I think it was, was it near Powell? I think so, yeah. It would be like Lake Mead, dry up. Mm-hmm. When I was in California working in the um, the Palm Springs area, and I don't remember the name of the lake, there's a there's a famous lake out there that is basically reduced to, to nothing right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, people are always complaining about that. What are you going to miss the most? What are some things you're going to miss the most about this area? The mm, hiking. And probably... The level of cars. Remember, get, remember that when you first come out here? Because I, I, I dealt with that. Where it's like, because we hung around some of the same car people, mm-hmm. although we didn't really live close to each other. And it's, it's a fun, eclectic group. Mm-hmm. It's almost more family feeling because you'll have the Porsche and you'll have the ZR1 and you'll have the starter, you know, clapped out Accord and you'll have whatever else. But there's so much of that here, it's all separated. So if someone shows up to a weekly cars and coffee in Michigan, and granted, there's a lot of money in Michigan. I'm not saying there isn't. There's a ton of money in Michigan. So all I can speak about, all I can speak about is some of the events that I went to. Mm-hmm. You know, someone shows up in their 458 Ferrari when those first came out. You're like, holy crap, there was a Ferrari there. Yeah. But then you move here, and you're like, Ferrari, 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 Porsche. Yeah. Oh, it's just, uh, it's it's just a regular Porsche. It's not like a GT3 or whatever. Yeah, you go to, uh, was it, the Saturday show that used to be up on Mayo, and you're like, hey, mm-hmm. man, did you see the two Koenigseggs? Wait, what? Exactly. You Wait a minute. Time out. Yeah, there was Koenigseggs. I saw a Bugatti. Yeah. Like, I seen a Ferrari, um, uh, what do you call it, Ferrari swapped Mustang. You're like, wait, what? Well, I know the Mustang, yeah. yeah. 
I love it. It was a SEMA car. Yeah, it's a, it's a, an amazing car. And you're like, oh, wow. And then you go to one of some of these shows, and like now it's like, for the last couple of years, it's been McLaren, 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 McLaren. You've seen so many McLarens. It's yeah. crazy. And you go back to, I'm going to go back to Michigan and be like, oh, man. Wait, wait, we're. You're gonna be, I, you'll, excite, you'll be excited to see like a fourth gen Viper. I actually miss when you go, because you can't, you can't really go to Highline and see this as much. And I tell people when they're coming to town, they go, hey, I want to see some cars. I said, okay, mm-hmm. well, you come into town the first weekend and I'll take it to a place. I'll take you to Highline or mm-hmm. back then when they had the Scuderia yeah. Southwest thing. But I only went to those usually when someone was in town and is not used to seeing it all. Yeah. Otherwise, I go to all these smaller ones around the valley because when you get to see someone's like cool personalized build, it just it feels more cars and coffee. Yes, and it feels more genuine in a sense. Mm-hmm. I guess more true car enthusiasts. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the people with money are car enthusiasts too, to a certain extent. Because you're right, to a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And you and get, it- you get numb to it. So that's why when we had cars, when I had a car show here, right? I, I so I don't like car shows because I feel like the traditional car I don't show. Like the traditional car show. Show up in the morning and you're yeah. there all day. You have you have four wheels, an engine, and a transmission, and it's made to be driven. So let's let's use it. And so like when we had car shows here, I was like, well, I got to make sure that I get the right crowd. Like I want a rat rod next to you know that Lamborghini, mm-hmm. and like I want them to be able to be you know talking. I, they're going to be to be able to do that. You're they're going to be different individuals they're going to be a different level of car enthusiast and so we had casuals here and first one was 240 cars and then people were leaving like pavilions to come there it was at night on mm-hmm. a saturday night and then it was um we, we called the show and go and i invited all of the all of the uh, photographers in the area like i want you to be my marketing i want you to go and reach out to the cars that you wanted to see here. So you take all the pictures and stuff. And like this is going to be your canvas here. And so that we did that. Second one, we ended up we ended up closing Raintree over by a Dino Comp. Mm-hmm. We had like 800 and something cars. And then the third one, same thing. But now all of a sudden it was I think it was like 550 cars, but now all of a sudden there was more higher-end stuff coming. There was more like, oh, wait a minute. There was guys that were bringing their real nice CTSVs, right? They had, you know, 850 to the, to the wheels. Or then you had the more of the Ferraris. You had the more Lamborghinis that were starting to show up. And then I moved back to Michigan that stopped. Yeah, because you don't really see that as much anymore. Yeah. And the more eclectic car shows that are here are more, like, charity-driven. Mm-hmm. And that brings on a different, you know— crowd i've I've seen it because you've come and go come and go come and go this is my ninth year here and i've seen it kind of either the the scene has changed and i can't necessarily blame 2020 as much or maybe i've changed as well or maybe it's a combination of both because now you know i'm not as excited to go out to some of these things anymore Mm, i i can i can see where you're coming from that because i'm the same way like i didn't go to highline for almost the whole time i was here until just recently, I went to the March one. I was like, oh, okay. And it's a right. cool thing. It's, like, a, nice, it's, it's a, a really it's a cool event yeah. to go to, like you said. When you bring, when you want to, when you want to show off this area, yep. right? Like, so if I'll do like a Facebook Live or I want to do like a FaceTime with like my sister or whatever, I'd be like, hey, check this out. And she's mm-hmm. like, whoa. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or you go to like friends that are out on the east east coast, right? But like the like these little shows, like you said, yeah, that's where it's a de- develops. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't really wanted to really go to a car show. Yeah. But I think the scene has changed a little bit, but that's because of economy. And I don't know if that's because of 2020 or that's an offset of from like 2016 on. People are just, you know, it's getting more or people are moving here from other areas like Washington and Oregon and California where they're selling their multi-millionaire houses and they were able to buy for less. I mean, if you sell a $3 million house, you've been in there for 15 years and move into a million dollar house here. Now you have some money to play with. Right. Right. Oh, I can, I was able to go to remote now I'm in 2020. So I could be an offset on that too, but we'll see how it, it changes in the next five years too, because I think the scene is changing even more. Then the scenes between Michigan and uh, here are even more different because people are very, not frivolous. They're a little more liberal here, but they're they're spending their money. Whereas in Michigan, like I built, you'd be able to build really good value and be like, you'd have to like really sell that value. Mm -hmm. And then once they came out, it was like, oh, no, no more questions now, right? And so like right here, you have groups that are, Charging, I don't know. I've I've heard of anywhere from five hundred to a thousand a month just to be part of their group. Oh, here. like the little car clubs or yeah, car, like car yeah. groups here, and you're like, oh well, you get car drives and stuff. You're like, oh, car drives. It's interesting because I know you were you were organized that a lot here and in Michigan, mm-hmm. um, but it's like you now in some of those groups you have to be you have to pay to be part of that group in order to cruise with them. Yeah, like I won't mention the the, mm-hmm. the car club. But there was one that my buddy had invited me to like a couple years ago. We were we went to uh, four till four. He mm-hmm. goes, "Hey, we're gonna go cruise after this. You want to go?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I went, had a good time. We went out and had a lunch that we all paid for. It wasn't mm-hmm. catered or anything. But I, he got his hand slapped for inviting me to go. And even though I'm cool with the guys, some of the right. guys in the group, it's like, well, I'm not in their car club, so I can't go on this this cruise with them. I was like, "All right, dude, it's it's good." And he stayed with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't believe you stayed with them after that, but um, you're right. It's just, but some people want to be led. Yeah, they just want. They just want. Hey, I got. I got this. Uh, this fu money, and I want to be part of something. So take my mm-hmm. money and tell me where we're going. Yeah. No, I've I've seen that even. I to to some to people wanting to be led. Um, yeah, I can see that, mm-hmm. especially like even in Michigan, like all my car cruises. That's all I wanted to do. For I would say most of them. Just wanted to, like, hey, let's go on a cruise, but, like, I don't know where to go. Like, I would give them directions. Okay, this is older. I used to give them directions on, like, paper, like, Google mm-hmm. directions in the paper. I'm like, here you go. And they'd be like, okay, but then you get, um, like, you get a text or a phone call. Like, hey, where are we going? I'm like, what do you mean? Where are we going? Aren't you in their group? Yeah, but I took a right, and everyone went left. Well, then take a reverse and get, get back with us. Right. Check out the uh, the MapQuest that I yeah. sent you, which, by the way, MapQuest is still around. I, I typed know. in something the other day, and the, the the page popped up. I was like, wait, this is still around? That was mm-hmm. kind of funny. We used to use an – I can't remember the app. I was just thinking about that one we here. We used to use an app, and it tracked all of us. Well, that's so cool. Like, if, you ever, if you ever needed to know where we were, you would just look at this map. I can't remember what this app was called, but I got it from um, – have you ever heard of uh, Saturn's Drives? I haven't, no. Uh, 
So I, I heard of Saturn in like 08, 09, when I was just starting to get into the group, right? And started organizing drives. This guy puts on like car cruises that would be put on like here, right? Mm-hmm. Like all top end cars. But he puts them on in like Toronto and like, oh, there's a there's a beach. I can't remember what the beach is in Canada. But they go up to that beach from Toronto. And that's what it is. It's just ripping through mm-hmm. the backwoods of uh, Canada. And so I was like, oh, okay. And, and we, we became uh, friendly with every, every, each other. And like he introduced me to some other groups in Toronto. And like, hey, this is how I run my group. Hey, you know, giving me tips and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. And so he gave me that app. I can't remember the app it was called. But it was kind of like Voxer. Mm-hmm. But it had I remember a, Voxer. Remember? So there was a BMW app that had all like scenic drives. It was like that, but you could track everything. I can't think of it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter really. But um, no, it was, it was really cool. That was, and then that was a cool to watch that grow, and then get a phone call like out of nowhere from the Grand Prix, like, "Hey, we know about you, and we want you to. We have these car corrals in the Grand Prix, and you know we have Cadillacs and we have Corvettes, but we don't have the the, the exotic cars and like the one-off sports cars." And can you can you get us that, and them give me the same amount of leniency, mm-hmm. the same um, benefits as like big corporations like they're there, like BMW and Cadillac and you know GM basically, and everyone loved like that part of it, and then growing it into like hey we did subscription based for a little while, um, two hundred members, hundred hundred dollars a month, and that got them. Free free runs now, mm-hmm. free track days. You know, now we can go to you can go to track days uh, all throughout the year, and and now this is this money goes towards charity too, and it helped when we had to call the the, the state police, and we're like, hey, yeah, the charity aspect we, is we is need big. to close down this road. Can yeah. you hook us up? You know, and so that helped towards that too, and uh, I was gonna reopen that back up, and then. COVID hit right, <laughs> and kind of slowed us down. Everyone was like, oh, we, we can't do anything. And then that, and I moved. And so then um, I've been, for the last, I would say last year, I've been getting little texts here back and forth. Hey, when you coming back, it's almost two years. <laughs> when you starting this back up, like, let's get the band back together. Let's, let's get this events going. And so that kind of tugs on me too, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, that'd be like you stopping one auto. Right, and then people people would reach out to you for years. I know that, and be like, "Hey, whoa, 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 get back into this! You can't stop this because you're such an an integral part of the culture here." Same thing there. Like I, yep, uh, a guy, uh, one of the photographers, fan reached out to me and was like, "Come on, you're the OG. You're the reason why all these other groups started their rallies. You have to come back and show them what the OG does." Well, all right, all right, all right. well, let me let me figure out some stuff, and I'll I'll come back. I'll come back. Well, now you'll have that opportunity. Um, big hot meat. It's just at big hot meat on Instagram. Yeah. And don't you have a personal page, or you just do everything through big hot meat now? Um, I do both. I mean, so my the personal is at awd donuts d o n u t s. That is from a when I owned my STI. Yep. Um, and then yeah, big hot meat. And then we can do, 
I'll either do Midwest Motor Club stuff or I'll do Supercar Adventures. And the Supercar Adventures stuff I just had started getting into. And that was traveling abroad into Spain, into Italy, into Germany, and doing like tours over there. And that's what uh, Ferretti does. He has adventure drives and he, t- yeah. he does that as well, Rob Ferretti. So mm-hmm. I started, we, we had gotten, I've gotten in, into that and did some trips in 2013 and 14. Your night, your rental cars on nine eleven. You're going to castles, right? Um, and it's it was less cost than everyone, so it was and and it was including airfare from Detroit. So there, there now that with kind of things opening back up, I have had people like, hey, with to have the money to be able to spend like that, would you think about doing this? You know, like there's guys even here that were like, "Hey, I would like to do something like that. Could you, could you organize something like that?" Yeah, but for me, I have to focus on getting there and getting things stable, and then at the end of the summer, start planning for next year on that stuff. Well, we'll see what happens with that, mm-hmm. Justin. Thanks for coming through. Definitely, thanks for having me. We're gonna miss you around here, even though I never see you. <laughs> <laughs> But just knowing you're not here, so. Just then I uh, give you a reason to come back to Detroit. We go to Michigan maybe once every year or every other year. We're never over on the east side, though. Well, I'll give you a reason to go. I'll go to the west side for you. Sounds good, man. All right. Thank, thank you. you. I want to thank Justin James for coming by the studio. We wish him the best of luck on his next move back to Michigan for, I think, the third or fourth time in the last eight years. I think it's with the math. Maybe I'll run into him next time I go into town. Maybe we'll run into each other in Michigan at some point. I should have been better. I should have been better with people that lived where I used to live and now live where I live now, except for he'll be gone at the end of the week. Want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, sell shop wireless services, Patreon business supporters, Cree Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan, Bee House, my home design, Ashburn, Virginia and Traverse City, Michigan. Can't forget Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shipping Success with Wes Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. Catch myself and Wes every Wednesday on Instagram Live, 7 o'clock Pacific time, where we have a virtual drink and we hang out with all of you. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, feel free to join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Don't feel pressured, but I do want to upgrade my surroundings here in the studio. And there's a lot of bonus audio and some bonus video. We're talking, I think I think there's 60-something things there. Anything from podcast prep conversations I've had with guests to more personal things about my life, what's going on. It's really good stuff. Plus, there's a unique swag only for the Patreon. Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Camina, Andrew Bunkley. Can't forget David Garner. Congratulations driver's therapy on passing 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. That is not an easy thing to do. If you guys are interested in picking up podcast swag, go to hardparkingpod.com. Get questions, comments, concerns, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram at jfinning and join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Make sure you're subscribed and leave a review because I can't grow that you're telling the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together and we'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! A beater.